It's good to see all of you in the Lord's house today. And if there's any visitors with us, I'd like to extend another welcome to y'all. And um, it's good to have y'all. And I hope you'll come back and be with us again. Um, I have just a few announcements. Um, we've got a couple in our sanctuary today with us that are having their 40th wedding anniversary. And that would be Mr. Jimmy and Miss Ellen Moore. Y'all make sure you speak with them and, and give your condolences to Miss Ellen before you leave today. She's had a hard 40 years, I'm sure. <laughs> um, our final camp meeting will be tonight at 6 o'clock. George, are you in here? You need more desserts, right? If you want to make a dessert and come, if you don't, come and eat anyway. 6 o'clock tonight, and that will be our final camp meeting. Um, also, it's good to have our medical missions team back with us. Uh, I've seen several of them this morning, and I know they're exhausted. Um, does anybody from the medical missions team want to share anything with us this morning? Are you still sleeping? <laughs> Dr. George? It's good to have you all back with us. Um, at this time, Scott, I'm going to ask you, Scott's got an announcement and a short clip, video clip to show us. I'll uh, show this and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Let's see if we can get this going. To worship idols and fall for the traps they produce is to ignore the living waters God offers. Guys, it's so easy to let a deep need for control manifest itself into the jagged edge of fear. And until you genuinely believe that he's the more satisfying fulfillment, you're always having to try and hold yourself back from things you think are going to bring you happiness. We're going to confront the issue of sexual temptation. Exposing our brains to pornography is like exposing gasoline to a spark. Following Jesus is a life of truth, passion, and purpose. Idolatry takes us down a road that just leads to dead ends. Solomon tried it all. An idol is dead. It doesn't live. An idol takes. It never gives. Money is our God. Money is our fear. Money is the thing that controls us. One of the great dangers of idolatry is what it costs you. When you go against the plan of God in anything, you cannot win. We must battle well. His word is the key to the battle. I don't pay attention to those dates. <laughs> um, we are going to start the uh, 25th, that Tuesday night. Trey will be doing the 7.30 class. And Wednesday morning, the 26th at 6 o'clock, we had the men's uh, class in too. So if you can't make it to one, make it to the other one. But I encourage you to put your name on the sign-up sheet in the back back here. Uh, we've had several to tell us that they wanted to be in it, but we've lost count. So if you could, just make sure you sign that, because I'm going to be collecting it this afternoon. We'll have a few extra books, but we need to, uh, to get them ordered so we can start. But as you can see, it's, it's good material. So I really hope that uh, 50, 60 people come in. And 
Like I say, if you know someone, you can go ahead and just put their name down that wants to attend, and we'll get, get them a book. And if, if don't let that hinder you. If you hadn't told us, you come anyway, we'll get you a book. It just might be a week late, but we uh, good topics to, for us men to hear and, and learn and uh, ready to get and excited to get going again and, and look forward to seeing each of you uh, there. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Dr. Blank wanted me to mention to the choir, um, the choir will start rehearsing again tonight immediately following our camp meeting service. Um, I also, I did want to highlight several of our church members that are, that are still sick and not feeling well. Um, I saw Mr. Marion this morning. I don't know if he stayed. He was at Sunday school, but um, he's still continuing to heal. And I think Miss Vera May is doing slightly better, and um, she's, she's ready to come home. But uh, she's doing some better. Y'all continue to pray for her. And also, Edward Lavender's mother, Miss Jan, is in the hospital, and she desperately needs our prayers, and that family would appreciate us praying for all of them. And also our pastor, as he ministers this last week in Honduras, he'll be back with us next Sunday. Let's continue to remember him as well. Um, do I have any other announcements, Patrick, from the youth? Laura? Good morning, y'all. So this Wednesday is the Back to School Bash, and we have a meeting today for all the volunteers at 4.30 in the Fellowship Hall. And if you haven't remembered to sign up yet, we would love to have you. There's a sheet in the back hall. Just sign it whenever you go to leave church because we're going to look at the list and then divvy out the assignments and have that ready by 4.30. Um, so we still could use a few more. Um, it's a great opportunity to love others in our community like Christ loves us um, and to see our prayer is that we would um, that we would love God that he would equip us to be able to love them like he loves them and to see them like he sees us and them anyways um, so we'd love to have your help um, it's exciting we still need some more school supplies we doubt it down a little bit this year to keep it simpler so composition notebooks, filler paper, and number two, wood pencils. Um, and then we have the devotion books that will go in the bags. So if we have time at the end of the meeting, we will stuff the bags as many as we have uh, supplies for today. So anyways, it is Wednesday, and it's from 6 to 8. In case you're wondering the time, we ask our volunteers to be here a little bit early. We would have parking for you in the back. Um, but it's exciting. So thank you all. Thank you for your prayers. And um, sign up if you haven't. Thanks. Miss Lois Ann, did you have something? Okay, uh, thank you for that. And uh, Dr. Blank wanted me to remind everybody, also there will be no Bible study this Wednesday night. And um, is that all of our announcements? You know what? I neglected Mr. Ronnie Green had surgery Friday. I meant to mention him. He had surgery on his foot Friday. And um, they would appreciate our prayers as he's recuperating from that. And uh, Miss Meredith is still having some issues with the AFib. 
So I know she would appreciate our prayers. And also, um, Ira Hicks and Jennifer Hicks, are they, is, um, he's still in the hospital. He's in for a long recovery. Okay. Thank, thank you, ma'am. But y'all remember all these prayer requests from within our church family. Um, at this time, are there any other announcements? If not, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we are so grateful, Lord, that you've allowed us to be in your house today, Lord, to assemble with other believers, Lord, and to learn about you, Lord, and to, to give worship and praise to you, Lord. Father, Lord, there's been several requests, Lord, mentioned today, Lord, that, Father, these, these that are recovering, Lord, these that have a long road to recovery, Lord, Father, we, we know that you know all these needs. Father, there's, there's issues for, for safety, as, as Dr. Walls is in Honduras ministering, Lord. And, Father, the, the Hicks family, as, as he's recovering down that long road from that wreck he was in, Lord. Father, you know all of these needs, Lord. And Father, I just ask, Lord, that you bless our service, Lord, the youth as they, as they minister, Lord, to us, Lord. Father, I just ask that, Lord, that you just work through them, Lord. And, Father, as Patrick brings the message today, Lord, I ask that you just bless him, Lord, and speak. Speak to us through him, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now our, our young people, um, don't move yet, young people, will we'll bring the call to worship. Um, they will be singing, You Are Holy. Um, the direction for the young people, give me the younger kids. Um, we sing this on Wednesdays and Sunday nights. If you haven't been there lately, still come up here. But third grade and down will be on this side. And the bigger kids will be on this side. Let's don't knock down the microphones or each other as you come up here. So um, all the kids who are um, leading us in the morning worship, um, call of worship, come on down. There should be about 30 of you. So come on down. solos tonight yet all right y'all sing out y'all hey, y'all y'all let them come up here um the boys might want to go together hey you turn me off mr mike <laughs> all right y'all can sing along if you know it mr mike hey i'm still on
Thank you, boys and girls. And certainly we can say this is the day the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing and glad in it. Joining together the congregation number 473, let us stand together as we sing Victory in Jesus. Let's stand together. I heard an old, old story singing together.
Again, while you're standing, greet those around you wishing him God's blessing today. apologize to the young people. I have no clue what happened to the slideshow. We, we, we've been doing this for probably three, four, five years, and um, don't get discouraged. They, um, I will stick up for the young people. They, they normally have the words, and they can read it, and they get in front of y'all. The words are not matching what they know they should be singing. It confused them. So we'll do this another, we'll try it again another time. It's just how it, how it goes, but guess what? We still we're going to hear worship God today no matter what um, goes wrong or happens, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We just thank you for your mighty love, your, your, um, your grace and your mercy that you show us, Lord. And Lord, help us to be, um, have our hearts open today, Lord, for what you have to, um, to tell us, Lord. And thank you for a stage full of young people, Lord. No matter what happened in the slideshow, it's a victory that we have so many young people in this church that will get up here and, and sing, Lord. And, and, Lord, I just pray that um, you will bless us with more um, young people, Lord, that these kids will reach out to friends and family, Lord, and, and get them involved in the ministry we have here, Lord. Again, we just ask that you will you'll come, come here, Lord. Be with us today as we sing praises and glory to you. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
All right, I need um, Bryce, Justin, Jeb, and Mr. Alex O'Neill, our ushers, to come on down, and Corey will lead us in prayer. Thank you, Tiffany. And um, now Miss Heather Knowlton will come and share. Direction down some golden 
has a place just for me I'll have a room with a view what sights I will see there the saints of all ages they will kneel at his feet around the throne but in my new home when I look out the window I'll see the face of my king just one look will do to prove it's a room a room with a view there's only one reason that I'll have a home there I'll go there because Jesus died for my sins and though I'm not worthy and so undeserving of God's grace he will welcome me in I'll have a room with a view what sights I will see there The saints of all ages They will kneel at his feet Around the throne But in my new home When I look out the window I'll see the face of my king Just one look will do to prove it's a room, a room with a view of
Lane and his, his group. I forgot that he had a, a mic on. I'll give this is two. I'll give her two. She had five. Which one? Mighty hands are 
Now our, our young people can be dismissed. What ages? What ages? Okay, eight years and down, you go ahead and um, walk carefully to your class. Um, everyone else, I guess that's not, I guess nine and up, you can turn, your, turn into your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. All right. Good morning. It's a, it's a privilege to um, speak with you, speak to you, and um, share God's word with you today. Um, don't get to do it with the adults that often, but uh, I do love doing it to to the teenagers. So I'm thinking about I have a room full of teenagers today. So, um, uh, so I I continue to pray. Uh, like that's Lane and and. His sisters said, I can feel somebody's been praying um, for me this week and the last couple of weeks as I've been preparing um, to bring you what the Lord has laid on my heart. So let's um, start with prayer, and then we'll stand and read God's word. Let's pray. Don't Father, Lord, we just, I just ask, Lord, as you'll be with me, help me to speak clear. Um, give me courage to say what you have laid on my heart. And Lord, I pray for the hearts that are in here, um, their hearts that are broken. There's no one perfect in here. Lord, I pray that they will be receptive to what, not what I'm saying, but what you're saying. And we ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's stand and read, read Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the, word, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. Thank you. You may be seated. Pretty strong words. And I know that um, in the past couple months, Dr. Walls has shared on Ephesians 6. Well, I'm going to take a little different spin this morning, and, and I, I just pray that I can speak it clearly what the Lord has in my heart. 
And it doesn't take long for us to look at our world and, and, and figure out this is not how God intended for our world to be. You just turn on the news channel. It don't matter what news channel, what paper, or whatever you, you click on Facebook, social media. It should scare you and break your heart with how our world is becoming. But the good thing is God is not, has, is not caught off guard. God is all-knowing, so he, saw, he knows that it's coming. But how did we get into this situation? And, and Satan might look like he is in control, but God's Word says, says that God is in control. He's in control today. He'll be in control tomorrow, and he'll be in control every single day. And that is where we need to stand firm. Now, a brother, a mother, excuse me, a mother and her young son were walking home one evening, and a violent thunderstorm came in. The temperature began to drop as the clouds rolled in. Rain began to fall, and the wind picked up, a typical thunderstorm in the southeast. As the two made their way through the city park, the giant oak trees were now swaying in the wind, and the small limbs and leaves blew past the mother and her son. So the little boy looked up and saw the tops of the trees raging like dragons caught by their tails. He said, Mommy, why don't they cut down the, these trees so the wind won't blow? While we might smile at the na naive notion of this young boy who thinks the trees are what causes the wind to blow, but don't make that same mistake. In a world filled with war, violence, crime, hatred, we can continue to misunderstand the real problem. The problem with the world is not guns, drugs, mental illness, immigration, religious cults, or the government, which we like to blame for most of our problems. These are all trees. The problem is Satan. Ephesians 6.12 exposes the wind plainly. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Christians who think of life more as a playground than as a battleground, and even question why God allows all these tragedies to happen, they only see trees, the visible results of a much deeper problem. And remember, brothers and sisters in Christ, God didn't call Christians to a playground. He called us to a battleground. G.K. Chesterton once said, When people begin to say that the material circumstances have alone created the moral circumstances, then they have prevented all possibility of serious change. And we're going to get some, let's, before I get in any deeper, let's get some things straight first. And first things first, we need to realize Satan is real. And hell is just as real. He is roaming around like a prowling lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking at these young kids we're singing up here. He, he's, he wants their hearts and their souls. And what do we do as older, mature, spiritual people who've been in battle for a long time, what can we do to minister to these young people to protect their hearts and souls? Satan has ruined many people who thought they had everything under control. His purpose is to destroy your heart 
and your soul. And number two, Satan, give me my English, Satan ain't stupid. He's clever. He makes sin look like look good and attractive. He doesn't come at us wearing a red suit, a pitchfork, horns, and a goatee. If he, if he did, we would recognize him and run as fast as we could in the opposite direction. But he lures us into a trap by being deceptive. Fishermen use this same tactic all the time. They buy lures that look like live bait, that look like the real thing. They fit, the fish sees something that looks attractive. They chase it, take a bite. The fisherman sets the hook, and the fish goes from being free to being supper. Satan does his homework. He knows our weakness. And number three, we must remember Satan will lose. One day, including Satan, we will all acknowledge this name that is above all names and humble themselves before him. In Philippians it states, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow on things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that's every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the, to the glory of God the Father. Now, that's not it. That's, we're not over. Now, how do we get to the winning side and how do we win the spiritual battle while we're on earth? In Revelation chapter 12, 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. The first step in victory is are you washed by the blood of the Lamb you may call yourself a Christian but the real question we must ask what does God call us victory starts with salvation there is no victory without this first step and have you asked him to be your savior to forgive you your sins and give you eternal life. You must do something about your sin before the battle, before you can fight the battle. The moment you get saved, the spiritual battle begins. We as Christ followers are in this battle together with our Lord Jesus Christ. I would like, um, there's only two sides, and we have to be clear on that. Either you're on God's family, or you're on Satan's. And there's no Switzerland in the spiritual world. There's no riding in the fence. The Bible says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You can't enter God's family through your bloodline through your good deeds, or by just your own will and might. The only way into God's family is by adoption process made possible by God's Son. In Galatians chapter 4, Even so we, when we were children, 
were in bondage under the elements of the world. But the fullness of time was come. God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of, of sons. So we have to be careful with which side we choose. And we can always say, I'm on God's side. But how are you living? Will that reflect what you say? And will God say, yes, he's on my side? Second thing to declare victory. They overcame him with the word of their testimony. Once we are saved by faith, God commands us to live by faith. The way we live our life should resemble the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and the commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We must surrender every area, area of our life to Christ as he commands us. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. If the church, the body of believers, would be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, and remember that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If the church did this, how would the world change overnight? Or do you even think if we did everything that we should do, the world would change? I believe if Christians start doing what we should have been doing from day one, a revival would take place. The stuff that's going on TV would change. But we can't sit here and on our, in our little circle and say, all I'm going to do is pray. Pray is, is great, but action is needed. When we leave this place, we're a team. We come here, and sometimes we come into church, we're supposed to come here, and we lick in our wounds for what is happening out in the spiritual battle, to come and to encourage each other, not to tear each other down. And let's, do, let's don't lie to each other. No one in here is perfect. People struggle. In a congregation this big, people are struggling with all kind of stuff. They can dress in the nicest suit, have the biggest smile for one hour every Sunday. But the heart says something different. And when we look at people, we wish we can, well, I don't know if we wish we will see them like as God sees them, because then people can see us as God sees us. He sees the inside. There's a story of a man named David. One day he jumped on a bus with other servicemen one Sunday and headed to church. He asked Jesus into his heart and got baptized. A few weeks later, he went to the preacher and asked how can he get involved in a ministry. The preacher assigned him with one of the buses that goes and picks up kids for church. David and the captain, the leader of the bus, would meet every Saturday and go around inviting kids to church. It wasn't long that David's impact was being seen. His bus was at full capacity. The captain of the bus went to the preacher and asked for another bus. The preacher got them another bus. And soon it was full. 
Finally, the captain came to the preacher and said, Brother, he needs his own route because just the impact he's making. I cannot take it anymore. The preacher got David his own route and a bus driver. Soon that bus was full. He would invite other servicemen, and they say that every Sunday, servicemen were walking down the aisles being saved. One night at church, David, during the evening service, the preacher said something that he didn't agree with. Instead of going to the pastor at the church and talking with him, he took that poison home. Over the next day, it bothered him more and more. Soon he felt like everything the pastor said was contrary to his thinking. Satan's poison is now spreading through David. Soon David quit attending Wednesday nights and shortly gave up his bus ministry. The preacher, other bus workers, and friends confronted David to try to help him, but he pushed them away and said it was nothing. It was something that he had to deal with. It wasn't long after that that he quit attending church altogether. And when he tried, and again, many tried to help him, but he just pushed them away. See, Satan snuck in, and now it's not just affecting his mind, but it's also affecting the way he is behaving. And when he got out of the army and decided to get away from all these church people in Kentucky, he went to New York City, where he's still today. And he will be there the rest of his life in prison for killing six people. His name is David, and I hope I can say his name right. <laughs> I had it all day. Brokowitz. Some of you might know, know or heard of him as son of Sam. But in prison today, he is leading chapels and Bible study. He got his life straight. He even said it in, in his testimony that he don't he don't even he didn't think he was saved when he was back in Kentucky. He was bringing people to church, people were getting saved. But in his own personal testimony, he says, I don't think I was saved in Kentucky. Moved to New York, he got into all kind of um, satanic stuff, started killing people, and he was spending the rest of his life in prison. He, someone handed him a Gideon's Bible one day, and he, fell on it, he took it back to his cell, read it, gave his life to Christ, and he's serving Christ in prison. But it, for, for David, it all started with something small. Satan got in. He dropped his guard down. And if it's not handled properly, even we can do the same thing. We might not go kill six people, but we can destroy the testimony of not just ourselves, but of our, our church. As soldiers of Christ, we cannot let apathy sneak into our lives. And the ones who don't know what apathy is, it's a lack of interest, enthusiasm, and concerns. And all of this puts the Christians at a very high risk. Believers don't get this way by following God. Normally they get apathy by chasing after one of the lures Satan casts their way. You get busy in your pursuit of this lure that you forget or neglect your relationship with God. You lose the desires to read God's word and to attend church. You have no desire to grow. You are happy where you are. If you are not growing, you know the other part of the sentence, you are dying. And if this is any of you, don't you, do you, do you love getting into God's word every morning? 
for every day. You have a passion, a desire to, to dive in. And if that's not you, if you don't have that desire, you lost that desire, pray and ask God for that desire back. He will give it back to you if you turn to him. And you will need this in the battle that we are in. And to, be, to be great soldiers or good soldiers at all times, we must know our weapons well. Um, the military men, they know their weapon that they're going into battle with. If they don't, they will be at a big disadvantage when the battle attacks, when the enemy attacks. It says, uh, excuse me, if we are going to change the world, we must be, be ready at all times and know our weapons. David, in the story above uh, earlier, was changing the world, and then he started to forget about putting his armor on daily. Paul begins Ephesians 6.11 with put on. This means it's part of our everyday attire. Kind of like deodorant. You, hopefully, you wouldn't go too many days without it. And if you did, you know it, it, it affects more than just you. It affects the people around you. Getting ready for battle isn't just once-in-a-lifetime decision, but rather something you do every day. And this hit-and-miss Christianity is not going to produce victory either. Jesus didn't redeem us to offer a Sunday morning-only Christianity. In Luke, it states, And he said to them, All, if any man will come after me, let him de deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. True discipleship. True discipleship is daily discipleship. You need to have a funeral, a fu a funeral every morning to self. Once you bury self, pick up the cross and start your day. So every morning you wake up, tell yourself, tell us, you know, your desires. It's not about you. Forget about ourselves. That was our call to worship last week. Forget about ourselves. It's not about you. It's about what Christ wants. And when the church, the big church, the, the church body, believers all across the world, when we can just understand that it's not about us, it's about God. When we get that in our mind, it, it, it will change the way we think and the way we act. Before we get our weapon, we need to know why we need it. The Bible says so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This means that we, hold, we must hold on to the territory that is rightfully belongs to us. As believers, we belong to Christ. We are his and must not give place to the devil. We must stand our ground with personal testimony. If you're a Christian, people are watching, you, watching everything you do. God knows your heart, but man looks on the outward appearance. You might not care about your testimony, but it's, but it's so much bigger than us as individuals. One day in heaven, you might meet the people who are there because of your influence we had on their lives. Maybe you prayed for them to be saved, handed them a gospel tract, gave money to a ministry, gave money to a missionary, or actually led them to Christ. They're in, they're, they are in heaven because of you. But will there be anyone in hell because of you? That's something to think about. Your testimony will lead people to Christ or it will drive people away from Christ. Now it's time for our, our weapon, Ephesians 6, 17, and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God. Satan is the father of lies. All lies come from Satan. And God can't lie. He says, thy word is true. How well do you know your weapon? How often do you spend getting to know your weapon? And we're, not, we're talking about the Bible, not the 30 off 6 or the 308, but 270. We're talking about God's word. For the word of God is quick and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. If we will use this powerful weapon, God will do the rest. But Satan will not give you time to Google it, to look on your app, call the preacher or your mom or dad. He, he will not give you that time. You, you must have this weapon of truth in your heart. You get it in your heart by memorizing it and studying it. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the third way to victory in this spiritual battle, it tells us in Revelation that love not their lives to death. We cannot win this war if we're only in the battle halfway. The, the, the battle demands our full attention. Are you willing to die for sake of Christ? If you're not all in for Christ, you will not lay your life down. You will jump ship when the boat starts to sink. So we all need to ask how serious you are with Christ. And whose side are you going to be on and whose side are you going to fight for? I heard someone once say, if you're willing to die for the Lord, you'll have no trouble living for him. God is pretty clear what he thinks about lukewarm Christians. So because of your, you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. That's in Revelations 3.16. This isn't about what you want God to do to you. Get back into the word, get a devotional, and ask God to set your soul on fire. God's word is full of important information that will keep us from chasing after the false lures tossed out by Satan. God has what is best for us. We all know that, but we don't live it all the time. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin. The Bible is clear about what we are, as Christian followers should be doing. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor, neighbor as thyself. And Jesus came and spake, spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Is your, fo is your focus... God's focus. If it is, continue. If God is not your focus or you lost that focus, you know what you ought to do. And remember, God loves you. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. 1 John 3.18 you got some choices to make every day. Are you going to die to self every morning? Pick up your cross and obey God. 
Or are you going to try to be lukewarm? You're going to lie to yourself and think that God is happy with 90%. Well, number three, ignore God's command and live your own life. And there's only one correct answer in those three, and that's number one. Die to self every morning, pick up your cross, and obey God's commands. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Let's put the love of Jesus into action and start to change this world that we live in. The Bible says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. And I got another four hours? No. Um, and, and this is about a lot of times, I'm going to wrap it up, we get so involved in just watching the trees and we blame it on the trees. It's Satan. And, you know, he's real. He's not stupid. But he's going to lose. And he, his goal in life, Satan's and his angels, destroy the church of God. That's it. He wants your heart, your soul. He wants your kids' heart and souls. And if I was protecting my children, you've got to be careful what you let in your house through the TV, through the Internet. Evil has to stay. You let it just sneak in like it snuck into that man David in the, sto in the story I shared. You don't know what kind of havoc he can, he can um, wreck in your, your sons' and daughters' minds. And if you think, ah, oh, that don't matter, he's lying to you. Saint, don't trust him. God says, it's right here. He, he's given. Thank the Lord he's given us Bibles to read, to dive into, to study. I'm not perfect. I don't even claim to be perfect. Man, Satan was beating on me about every day. I had opportunity this week. I want to flip the switch. Try to read God's word, study for this. Kids sneezing, Laura sneezing. Kids crying, you know, it would have been so easy for me to be like, ah, what's more important? Well, the guy, what's more important is me, how I respond to when things don't go my way. Do I just blow off the handle, pout, cry, or do I handle in a mature way, in a way God would? Now, this was important. I don't think y'all have been happy. I can't, well, you might have been happy. Like, I didn't have time to prepare. My kids were sneezing and they're crying and all that. No, this is important. But I got to do what's, what God told me first. Take care of my family. Protect them. And treat them with love and respect as he does to the church. So uh, I encourage you. Um, we're, we're on the same team. If we're, on, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, we're on the same team. And we should be, we're fighting the same battle. We're not fighting each other. Satan wants to get us distracted and we think we're fighting each other. And that's a lie. We're fighting against him and Whatever is on your heart um, today, this morning, get it right with God. There's no way out of a hundred and something people that everybody is living the way they should be living. If you just got an ounce of selfishness in you, greed, hate, anger, give that ounce to God. Get, don't let Satan have a foothold. I'm going to play a song. It's one of my favorite songs. And during the song, you can just watch it and read the words if you want. That's fine. Or you can bow your head where you are and pray. You come down here and pray. After a while, when we see that everyone looks content and ready to go, we will turn it off. We'll have a closing prayer. Dr. Blount will come up here and lead us in uh, 
make me a blessing, and we'll go home. And we'll, the battle will begin again when we walk out of here. So I'm going to pray, and whatever the Lord speak, spoke to you today, I know he's speaking. There's no way he's not. But listen, let's pray. Don't let follow me. Just thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you gave us. We all have, man, we've got 20 Bibles in our house, and we, we uh, have so many. And there's so many people without it, and they seem like they know more of it than we do. And Lord, help us to dive in. Help us to seek it. Help us to study. Help us to memorize it. Help us to just chew on it every day. Help us to die to self every day. Lord, you know the hearts in here. Well, I pray that no one will leave this place without getting straight with you, without giving 100% to God. Ask for forgiveness, and you love them, and we'll move on and fight the battle together. Lord, we just ask at this time that you'll continue to be with us, and we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
have the choral benediction. Truly, let us sing it as a, pr a prayer. Make me a blessing as we go out into the world in which we live. Make me a blessing. Let us sing together. Until we meet again, may God bless you and you are dismissed.